Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Drive Podcast, a podcast to help you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to recap a Chicago Red Stars loss. Chicago Red Stars have midweek action on Tuesday where they headed out to Tacoma, Washington to take on OL Reign. Walked away with a loss, 2-0. There's some things to get into here. Um, a lot of different performances we got to see for the first time in 2021. And um, some things that we want to get into on the pitch because, again, we're uh, talking about a game where there's a lot more questions and answers. So because of all that, I couldn't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scam Originator. Claire, how are you doing today? I'm good. Busy week for the both of us, right? Very busy week. Very, very busy week. Uh, Because it wasn't just NWSL action that you and I were you know, paying attention to this week uh, or Chicago Red Stars specifically. Uh, Before we actually get into this game, a fun way to kick off this episode, we felt, was to put some respect on some Red Stars names, quite frankly, uh, because there is an Olympics on the horizon going to be taking place in Tokyo. If you haven't heard, a little thing called the Summer Games. And uh, there's a couple of Red Stars that are going to be heading over to Tokyo for U.S. Women's National Team duty. So congratulations to Alyssa Nair and Tierna Davidson for making the full 18-player Olympic roster for the United Woo-hoo! States Women's National Team. Yes, yes, we love, a, we love a defender and a goalkeeper. And we have to absolutely shout out and acknowledge the great Crazy Kruger. She uh, was selected as an alternate, and maybe we could talk a little bit about what that means and if people have questions about it um you know the olympic roster is different from a world cup 23 player roster you can only take 18 players uh, to the olympics and uh, you can also take four alternates in the event that there's an injury or you need to bring uh, you know someone else in and uh, Casey Kruger is selected as one of four alternates uh, for this team. They're taking an extra goalkeeper. Uh, they are taking an extra forward, defender, and midfielder. And uh, Casey Kruger was blessed with that alternate position. Claire, thoughts, first reactions? Yeah. I mean, I was surprised. I think everybody was a little bit um, just because Kruger has not been in camp with the U.S. for a while. Um, she was during she believes, but that was a like a COVID hardship, and she didn't really play. She got I think a half uh, a half right in during she believes. Um, and but I think it's in a way not a surprise because what we've been told ever since Vladko Andonovsky took this team over, they were like he he loves Casey. He thinks Casey Krieger is a great player. And Casey has been dealing with uh, some injuries off and on throughout 2020. Um, The one that left her out of the Challenge Cup final, probably all the way through to like January 2021. Um, Here's my thought on this. And this is just like me. This sounds to me like a coach who is in his first tournament. And he is saying, it seems pretty clear to me, that basically what Vlaco is saying with this is... (laughs) <laughs> if I were coached during the 2019 world cup, Casey Krieger would be a world champion. Uh, he made some pretty clear choices about Allie Krieger. I think he would have picked Krieger over Krieger at the time. You know, she was short and that's, you know, a vote of confidence for sure. Uh, but Casey Krieger is not a world cup champion and she wasn't on that team. And now she is an Olympic alternate, 
not really on the Olympic team either. Now there's a possibility there may be pushing to try to expand to a 22 player roster. I would love that. I think that would make the tournament much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in the IOC for taking that on. They really prize exclusivity. They don't want a lot of people to be Olympians. That's their whole thing. Um, so do I think it's a great choice? Absolutely. Uh, do I think she should be on the roster the way she was on, not on the roster in 2019. And I thought she should have been. Yes. So it's like, they found the one play, the one way to get her even closer to being on a U.S. women's national team in a major tournament without actually letting her do it. And she'll go and she will be huge for them in training. She's going to be a consummate professional. Chicago is going to miss her terribly. Um, And I, am happy about it because I hold out hope that some way she will find her way onto the medal stand. But if this plays out with her just being a practice squad player, I'm like, man, that is a player who deserves so much more than she's been given, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Um, have been asked a lot of, I know you and I have both been asked for a lot of reactions on this just because of who we are and what we do like within this space, whether it's here on this podcast with our patrons and listeners or, in other media outlets. And it's, it's just, it's just true. I mean, and just sort of widening that lens a bit um, and speaking on the national team as a whole, you know, watching somebody like Lynn Williams um, do what she was doing with, uh, you know, this national team under Vlako Andonovsky's reign. Uh, so we saw her in consistent, consistent, consistent national team camps with the senior team quite frankly, getting consecutive starts uh, under Vlaco and um, now being selected as an alternate uh, to go to the Olympics. And then also seeing somebody like Mitch Purse, quite frankly, getting a lot of time uh, with this team and not making the cut in any way, shape or form, whether it was amongst the 18 or the alternate slots. Um, It's tough. It's tough to see that. It was I know for Claire and I, I know for the two of us, it was tough during 2019 to to see that Casey uh, at the time, Casey Short did not make that 2019 roster. And um, while I'm like beaming with joy for the fact that there's actually three Chicago Red Stars that are going to be heading to Tokyo, it just feels a certain kind of way. Actually four, Sandra. I mean. Do you remember the fourth? Oh, Christ. Julie Ertz. (laughs) You know why we're not talking about Julie Ertz? You know why we're not talking about Julie Ertz? Because of all of the opinions that we've been asked. And we're like, what is this? Why does this make sense? (laughs) Uh, But congrats to her going to her second Olympics. Tierna to her first. Nair to her second. And Casey to her question mark. Again, we don't, we don't, we don't really, you know, we don't really know. But um, we want to come with the correct info here. And uh, Julie Ertz is someone who's going to the Olympics for the Red Stars as well. Um, I like that you also forgot about it, but brought it up. I did. No, I, I, for a second, I was like, wait, no, I was thinking about the, I was literally, I was with you, but I was like thinking about the social media graphics that the team put out. And I was like, I think there was four. And then I also remembered Julie Ertz. Yeah. Well, this is why we do what we do (laughs) is to just sort of put ourselves on blast, uh, in the middle of the pod. It's all good. Um, but Speaking about that still holistically, it, it was tough. It was tough watching that. And honestly, like it kind of had some, like for me, Claire, like I, I don't want to speak for you, but like for me, it still sort of had like shades of that. Yeah, like absolutely. For 
Like, I just was like, man, like one of these cycles, one of these eras, there's, there's going to be a moment where, you know, like the black capable player is chosen <laughs> and not yeah. the, the white injured player. And uh, we'll see, you know, right. people I mean, like uh, people don't like talking about that because that always makes people uncomfortable. And, right. you know, no one likes to feel uncomfortable when for a lot of people, sports is like a place where they come to like seek out joy and, and things like that. But um, there's a lot of us out here that can't separate the two um, and have to just uh, live with that. So we're going to keep talking about it. And um it did. It had a lot of, it had a lot of that. It had a lot of similar vibes for me in 2019. Yeah. But, but if by some miracle, uh, what is it? Is it, it Sweden, the Netherlands who are really kind of making this push mm-hmm. for extra players at the Olympics. If by some miracle um, that kind of goes through those alternates are going to really come through clutch for every, every single national team, quite frankly. Um but we'll we'll see. It's just gonna have to be a way to see. I don't know. This is like yeah. one of the most unpredictable Olympics of all time, like ever. I mean, yeah. it's, it's in the middle of a pandemic. Like it got postponed because of that, and like now it's starting and it's still ongoing. And I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks for me. There's just a lot of question marks for me. Right. For, I mean, for I- everyone who got selected, but it's tough. Yeah, like I it was like I te- I texted you right after we first saw the roster and I was like, well, heaven forbid the US have some first in first out choices and yeah. not pick the white player. It's um, true, man. You look at that alternate list and you look at who made the team and uh it's uh it's a pattern. Yeah, yeah, it is a pattern. So, uh we'll see what happens. The Olympics kick off in mid-July. Uh, I believe some of the, the soccer matches that take us will start kicking off around the 21st or so. Um, and then it'll be an interesting schedule because they're in Japan. So congrats to all you hardcore people. If you want to like stay up late or wake up early, whichever you want to do and watch these games, uh, we'll be doing our best to keep an eye on them for the Chicago Red Stars aspect of things. But once again, uh, congrats to a listener to Davidson, Julie Hertz and Casey Kruger on uh, being named to to represent over in Tokyo and Claire, we actually got to talk about just some red star stuff. Now we got to talk about a game that happened. we got to talk about a loss. I think you and I are both sort of in the camp where there's just not a whole lot to say about this match because there wasn't a lot that was given on this day. So what can we really talk about? I think maybe we should just like for giggles, we should just go down the, maybe the starting 11s and just talk about that. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can (laughs) go for it. Go for it, folks. Uh, Chicago Red Stars, if you if you weren't able to, to pay attention to this, it was a midweek match. It took place on a Tuesday, um, Tuesday the 22nd. Um, and they hit the road. So it was a quick turnaround. They had just come off of a match um, where, again, the Washington Spear, they you know, went to that. They fought out and scratched out a 1-1 draw. So there was a lot of question marks about like how the team was going to look, how they were going to feel. Um, we saw some interesting tweets, Claire, before uh, this match took off, you know, about flights and, and, and the Chicago Sky and Chicago Red Stars kind of crossing paths at the airport. I thought that was kind of fun as well. Um, but, yeah, they eventually made their way out to, to Tacoma, Washington, and uh, they, the Red Stars lined up as, as followed. Uh, there was a, a, lot of, a lot of rotation, as, as people would have expected, uh, but they had a listener in that. They had Sarah Gordon, Kayla Sharples, Turner Davidson, and Bianca St. George's, uh, 
out on the back line. They had Sarah Waldmont, Nikki Stanton, Katie Johnson, Vanessa DiBernardo, Alyssa Motz, and Mackenzie Doniak uh, rounding out their starting 11. Thoughts? I mean, maybe the better thing for me to say is, is that I don't think I know, and, and I don't even really know exactly how to analyze this because I consistently don't know what expectations to have, to be completely honest. Um, I don't know. You know, this was obviously very short short rest after a game on Saturday night. Um, long flight, though I did hear that the Red Stars made it out okay. There was no, they didn't get delayed or anything. Um, and so, you know, that rotation makes sense in a lot of ways. You saw a lot of rotated squads um, this midweek. Um, but I think that the, that rotation, you don't really analyze in the context of just looking at a sheet of players. You analyze it in the context of the game that was played. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the expectation was we highly rotate and we like grid out a scoreless draw. I don't know if the expectation was we rotate and we think we can win this. Um, I don't know if the expectation was we rotate and we, whatever happens, happens. And then we come home and worst case scenario, you can only lose three points, right? Can't lose more than that. Um, so I guess I don't really even know how, how to analyze this to be completely honest. You know, I think um, in previewing this match, when we spoke on it in the podcast and honestly, when I wrote up a little bit about it, Big concern was going to be in that midfield uh, for us. I think we touched on it just a little bit during the pod, and then I talked about it a little bit more on the written part of it. But, you know, for Rain, they lined up as follows. They had Sarah Buati and Net. Um, they had uh, Cecilia Jimenez-Elgato, Alana Cook, uh, Samantha Hyatt, Mad- uh, Madison Hammond to run out their back line. They had Quinn, Shirley Cruz, Sophia Huerta, Jess Fishlock, and Bethany Balser to sort of round out their starting 11. And honestly... You know, we had a lot of question marks about the ring. We were like, what is, who and what is this team trying to look like and play like? Um, and I think I said on the podcast that there was somehow some kind of way that there was some combination of like Cruz, Fishlock, and Marozen on this pitch that maybe there would have been some some problems uh, for this team. And there were two of, uh, of the three. And uh, right in that opening minute, she introduced herself. And Shirley Cruz uh, went ahead and scored a banger. Uh, in this match, it was absolutely a hundred percent not the way I think any team would want to start out uh, a game on the road as they enter into the second quarter of games of the season. Um, tough, tough to automatically put yourself in a hole like that and then have to kind of play your way out of it. Minute one, banger uh, looked like on a ball that honestly, quite frankly, clear should have should have been cleared out. You know. Yeah, it should have been cleared out and it probably should have been saved, to be completely honest. Uh, Nair got a hand on it and there was a you know fair amount of power on it, but um, I don't know what she could see. There were a lot of people in the box. It's possible that uh, her sight line, she just couldn't couldn't see the ball until it was too late. Uh, it was good. It was a good shot. Definitely a good shot. Uh, yeah, it was a giveaway, I think, by one of the center backs. I don't want to say, I don't want to say who it was and be wrong. So it it was a giveaway by someone on the defense and um, yeah, good shot, but probably shouldn't have fallen to Cruz. And then once the shot was made, um, it was indicative of the defensive disorganization that it was not blocked or saved. Yeah. And, um, you know, honestly, the first half, 
really both have kind of the whole 90 minutes really did sort of run oil rain, but particularly in that, in that first half, they really didn't kind of let up. Uh, they ended up getting a second goal in the 18th minute. And, um, you know, from a player that quite frankly, we had been talking about um, in Bethany Balser, someone who has kind of had a very, very quiet 2021 talking about going all the way back to the start of these 2021 challenge cup games. Uh, someone who we weren't too sure uh, sort of how her place was looking along the top line for a team like O.L. Reign under a head coach like Ben Steedy. And um, again, you know, Claire, we talked a lot about the narrative of this team and the storylines in which they're, you know, are circulating around them. And, and what is it about them that they're trying to to set uh, in this 2021 season? And uh, I think you and I both agree that we didn't want them to become the other team. Uh, the other team that is sort of part of the other the the team the other team's story. So here's Bethany Balser, and here's some storylines around her, and she goes ahead and makes a name for herself uh, against Chicago Red Stars and breaks her own goal in the 18th minute. Uh, I assist by Sofia Huerta, who quite frankly was all over the pitch on this day and also had herself a game for all rain. Yeah, I mean Chicago was getting they were getting beat on the wings pretty consistently throughout the match. Um, the ball in from Huerta was good, but it was also, and I'm sure, I'm sure they know this, honestly, is that it wasn't anything special though. It was a good ball, but it was a kind of a, like, let's whip the ball in and sort of see what happens, you know, far post, um, Chicago lost their runner. Balser was unmarked and she got really, she got a very good head on it. Um, you know, I think you look at the way the rain was playing and they played well. It was a midweek game for them though, too. And it kind of had that energy, but it was more just, they came with a pretty simple game plan and put their 11 out that they thought they could play with. And they were, yeah, they were able to execute really well on the wings. Uh, Chicago was not able to string any sort of possession together. And those two goals, you know, one came off a missed clearance and one came off a pretty, simple, well executed, but simple kind of off the training ground, sort of a ball whipped in and then a free header. So, um, yeah, it's just not the way you want to start the game, I guess. No, not at all. And honestly, it just was a lot of the rest. I was just, uh, looking to try and not make things worse. It's like, what would feel worse if maybe you lose two zero or four zero? I don't know. They already lost five zero once <laughs> this year. So I, I wouldn't blame them for trying to make sure that they wouldn't, um, go down anymore but uh the second half didn't sort of leave um anything else to be desired really i mean we saw a first half or a second half substitution happen immediately jenna davis came off for uh taylor malazzo and we saw additional sh- uh, substitutions for this match coming ahead just uh just past the hour mark quite frankly which is funny because i think claire you and i you know when we did our q a uh, just to let people know, we did a patrons only Q&A and I think we got a question specifically about substitutions <laughs> and uh, Roy names and we got a whole ton of them um, in this match. And um, looks like all five of them, quite frankly, were used. And so past the hour mark, we saw Ella Stevens come on in. Uh, we saw Sarah Luber come on in and, uh, you know, we saw Zoe Garofsky come on in. So congrats to her for finally seeing some time on the pitch in 2021. Um this was her first appearance um, for the Red Stars uh, this year. And, um, but just, just not, not a whole lot there. I mean, maybe a combination of um, some frustration settling in for sure. Maybe even on both sides of the ball, because quite frankly, if I'm the rain, 
I'm looking at this, looking back at this game and I'm looking at the team that I played against. I'm looking at their body language or lack thereof. And I'm wondering how I didn't get to put up at least two more goals. Well, part of the reason is because Chicago fouled a lot. There was a lot of foul. I mean, and I think the response, the way Chicago tried to get stuck in after going down two goals was to commit a lot of fouls. Um, and it worked <laughs> for the most part, you know, yeah. um, Bianca and George did get sent off in this game late in this game. Um, she probably could have been off about a half hour earlier, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, they just decided to get really physical with it and, and they were allowed to do that, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, the substitutions felt kind of like, a, you know, like in a baseball game when a game's not going super well. So you just kind of like send the bullpen out there, you know, you let, you let the kids play. Yeah. And everyone gets an inning and you're just trying not to wear anybody out too much. And, um, you're just like, well, result results gone. So let's, uh, you know, let's, let's get everybody a little bit of time, yeah, uh, which, you know, is it's one of those things where it's like, I understand it conceptually, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating to watch, you know? Yeah, for sure. I did kind of have that vibe um, for sure. And especially as, as the rest of the game, honestly, clear for me, honestly, the rest, as the rest of the, the game played out as well, because we're seeing all these substitutions, right. Happening in this match. And really for, for both sides of the ball, because it, it was, it was a midway. It was a midweek match for both these teams. But you're looking at the substitutions that are coming on for Chicago, and then you're looking for substitutions that are coming on for the rain, and you're like, well, what the hell? And you look at the rain, and they're bringing on, I don't know, somebody like Megan Rapino, or they're bringing on somebody like uh, Les Omer. And uh, it's a different concept of depth. It's a different concept of depth. So I th- let's let's um let's let's sort of uh, close this out because to be frank, it's it's not a game um, that we learned a lot from. Um, so there's not a whole lot to really get into. So I think what we're both just sort of left with is like right now, what does it all mean? So the red stars have went ahead and, um, played this game. They've got another one on the horizon and this is their seventh match already of the season. And they're going to be playing their eighth this weekend. So what does this mean for this team right now, Claire, as they've got seven games under the belt? I mean, I, <laughs> It's like the same. Well, first thing I do want to say is I, I said that the first goal was savable. So I do want to do my due diligence and shout out Alyssa Nayer in the second half because she had a very good second half. But yeah, um, it means what does it mean? It's uh, the funny thing, actually, is I'm not sure it feels I'm not sure this game felt significantly different than the draw against Washington in a way. Because even when Chicago is like executing at a higher level, you're just like, what things just, this doesn't seem right. Um, And so, you know, points wise, I I did, again, I keep saying this, like I, I am trying really hard to be fair and accurate. And so I went back and I actually looked at Chicago's record in 2018 to start the season. I figured like, I was like, okay, 2019 was probably an anomaly. That was a very good year for them. Let's go back to 2018. Let's see what their record looked like. And after seven games, they were um, two, two, and three. Right now they are two, three, and two. So not significantly different. Uh, in their next, I think, three or four games in 2018, they didn't win. I think they had like three more ties in a loss. So they started that season like two, 
three and like five or six. And we know that we, we know that season is the season of like the 10 draws. <laughs> um, they finished fourth. They made the postseason. So I want to be accurate when describing the way Rory Dames manages a year, because this team is a tough one to place too much emphasis on any particular game because that's not really how he builds a season. And so they're what? They're two, three, and two. They probably feel like they've got a shot at this game this weekend. And so what does it all mean? I don't know if it means a lot for Chicago's postseason chances. They're still firmly in the mix there. Uh, But it does again, sort of lend that feeling of sort of treading water and playing the numbers in the points. And it's a little bit joyless at times. It's a little bit mechanical. And it's not really fun to watch. So it's one of those things where what does this mean for their season? I don't know, probably not that much. But there are also, unlike 2018, a number of teams kind of surging right now, you know, they didn't have to deal with the Orla- the unbeaten Orlando pride in 2018. And yeah. they also were having players come back from injury and they were having Sam Kerr come in from international duty. So they, they had other positives to what they were doing. Whereas now it's a similar trajectory, but you don't really know exactly like what the next thing is. They could play just like this and still make the postseason. I just want more for them, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's um, I'm glad you pulled up those, those numbers because in looking at, in looking at the games and looking at the records, I think it's, we also have to say that it's, it's, it's two different teams. You know, the team that we're covering right now in 2021 is um, I don't think it's truly comparable to, to a team that was sort of assembled and put together in 2018. But I also know that this regular season is going to shake out a little bit differently. You mentioned not having to deal with a team like the undefeated Orlando Pride. That's not the case this year, right? There is no sad sky blue that everyone is pointing to. Or Washington. Going to be last, right? But there's there's also 10 teams. There's also 10 clubs. There's also six spots for a playoff. So... Um, in terms of like record and looking at a very long 24 game season and treating it as a, you know, a marathon and not a sprint, Chicago has shown no matter who is on the roster, that that is how they're going to treat it. And that's how they're going to sort of end up playing it out. And I think if we're looking at them right now, as bad as maybe a game like, you know, losing two zero in a midweek match kind of feels that there's still perspective to be had. And, um, I think we heard a lot about that kind of coming out of that post game, quite frankly, from from this match where Rory Dames went on record and talked a little bit about how this game was meant to look, that it was something that they had had circled on the calendar, that they knew that there was going to be player rotation, that the starting lineup probably would look a certain type of way. Um, and players like Alyssa Moss, who got her first start of the season, and somebody like Sarah Mould, who was a, a Waldman who was made available, um, someone who's really sort of made a name and kind of bullied her way into the starting 11 on this team. Um, just sort of kind of echoing the same sentiments and just saying that it wasn't enough and just that there were two teams on the pitch 
both of them had to deal with, you know, a short week and a quick turnaround and um, that it was not enough, that the starting 11 that got the really an opportunity to show what they can bring and showcase, um, you know, that depth that Chicago was touting at the beginning of 2021. Um, It's disappointing. It's disappointing, I think, for those players who got the opportunity. And uh, they said so as much in the postgame. So um, looking ahead after sort of maybe talking about what it could mean or what does it all mean right now, this team has a game on Saturday on June 26, uh, the Pride game. So hopefully there will be a win at the end of that rainbow because it's against racing Louisville FC, another team that is uh, still trying to figure some things out as an expansion side. Um, they're coming off of a loss, a 2-0 loss as well against uh, against North Carolina Courage, where they had to go up against a, uh, a very hungry Lynn Williams, um, who will, is Olympic bound. And um, they looked, uh, looked to have a little bit of a struggle. They looked like they were trying to figure some things out. Um, and some of the connecting is not maybe happening the way that they uh, – are hoping themselves. Um, although I will say I uh, welcome the return uh, of somebody like Yugi Nagasato. I'm excited to, to see her uh, potentially get a warm reception uh, at SeatGeek Stadium. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't think she, I didn't get to see that game. I'll be honest. I was working, but um, the game that they played against North Carolina, I know she did not start. So hopefully she'll be in the starting 11 on Saturday. Um, yeah, I mean, Louisville's defense is not very good. It's I think the worst defense in the league. And so, uh, there's definitely ample opportunity to get some goals, uh, especially because it seemed like the plan in terms of the player rotation for Chicago was to, to have their, their starters, their, their set starters sit the midweek out. Um, I think some of them didn't even travel, and so, yeah, so there's opportunity. Uh, I think, you know, Chicago also needs to be more organized in the back. This is going to be the last game with Tuna Davidson and Casey Kruger available uh, until after the Olympics. And you would have to think that you play those players because they are very important to your back line and you're not going to be seeing them for a while. Yeah, I mean, they should win this game. I think that there's mm-hmm. no reason why they shouldn't. And I think that they set themselves up to I do think that part of the strategy towards this OL rain game was to set themselves up to be able to do that. Uh, it's in the middle of the day. It might rain. I don't know if I have a lot of like other, other takes about this other than just, you know, I think that like you said about the depth and it's hard, it's really hard to do roster analysis mid season. Um, but you know, obviously I think you look at Chicago and they really kind of have based on the performances, I'm not talking, I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth, but just what we have seen, they've got kind of an A and they've got a B and it's, I would prefer them to have an A and an A squared, but they've got an A and a B. (laughs) So if you put your B squad out and it didn't go great, maybe the flip side is you get your A back and, and you, you, you put a good performance together. So yeah, if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at it as a marathon, not a sprint, um, I think you want to try to look at this game and pick up as many points as possible. If um, if you're the wrestlers, for sure, um, I think that's a. I, I don't think that's an unfair analysis uh, of, of Louisville and um, what they've got going on in the back there. They can score though. 
So but they can score. So yeah. I, I'm going to say that I, I would appreciate it if um, Ebony Salmon doesn't do anything cool. Please don't be cool, Ebony Salmon. And uh, I would appreciate it if CC Kaiser could still kind of stay cold <laughs> uh, for Racing Louisville. And I think if uh, on the Chicago side of things, if I'm looking at someone who I want to have an impact, I mean, I, I cannot wait to see Morgan Gutra back in that midfield because, oh, my Jesus how necessary she is to everything happening in the Chicago Red Stars midfield. So that's why I wanted to, to see have an impact and hopefully make a return to the pitch for Chicago. How about you, Claire? Uh, well, I do think that Chicago's ability to score will be based on um, how well Michelle Betos plays. Um, she is a player that is really interesting because she has some limitations in her movement and in her distribution but her footwork and her body placement is like the best in the league. Uh, it's cool. Actually. She's a player that is aware of her own limitations and has changed the way that she plays over time to uh, compensate for that in a really effective way, which is why when you watch her play, you're like, why do they keep shooting right to her? And it's like, well, because she's always in the right place. Uh, so I think that will be, I think that will be key. Um, because I think it takes well-placed shots to beat a, a keeper like that. So they're going to have to be shooting for the posts. And then, um, on Chicago's end, I mean, yeah, I think we're at a point where we're like, I, you want to get, I guess you want to get hyped for like, like you said, the people who are performing. And so I'm hyped for Morgan Gatra to go out there and show just how good she is hyped for Mallory Pugh to do the same, uh, would love to see Danny Colaprico back in the mix. Uh, hopefully her injury is, is coming along after a couple games rest um, gives her a, we'll know a little bit of a break, but I guess we'll have to see, you know, but yeah, I just want, like, I want the players who have already been showing up just to like, keep on that track. Cause that's, that's the vibe we want to follow right now. hundred percent. We've been saying it all year. And we're probably going to keep saying it. The best players for the Chicago Red Stars right now are Casey Kruger, Morgan Troy, and Mel Pugh. Keep an eye on it. And we'll see what happens folks. Thank you, as always, for joining us along with our ramblings on the Chicago Red Stars and everything Chicago Red Stars. And I just want to let you know that if you've enjoyed what you hear here, there's a number of ways for you to support our work. And that primarily and most direct way to do that is via our patron. So go ahead and check it out. Find the tier subscription that works for you. If not, we understand that things are tough financially all over. And I just want to let you know that there's a ton of other ways to continue your support of our work. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels like Twitter and Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and Southside Trap Podcast. So go ahead and find us, leave us a like, rating, review, subscribe. That stuff helps us out so, so much whenever we're continuing uh, making episodes for you guys. So stay tuned, uh, watch this space. We'll be back next week, hopefully to cover the Chicago Red Stars win. Also, we have merch now. Oh my God. We have merch, Claire. We have merch. I was, I was outroing us. I know you were ready to go. And I was like, Oh no, we, we got oh, merch. Man. Guys, we're, we're not used one. to it. We're not used to it. We're having a good one. I was outroing us, but, um, something really exciting actually that we've been on the work, working with someone, um, with for a long time, Claire, actually, yeah. this has actually been, this has been ongoing. It has been. Yeah. For, for a little bit. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I'm in my feelings about it, honestly. Um, every time I've uh, looked at what we've been working on, uh, it just brings a real, real smile to my face. Um, but your homies, myself and Claire, 
Uh, we've been working on a secret collaboration project with uh, Chicago Red Stars legend Yuki Nagasato. And uh, she has created some wonderful artwork for Southside Trap. And it's featuring the Rock Bunny, the iconic Rock Bunny. And we are so excited to unveil it for you. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, yeah, we reached out to her a couple months ago. Um, really, it's great to work with her. She's like, it's amazing to me how she's able to do like 72 She's a she's a journalist. She's an artist. She's a musician. She's a professional soccer player. She's all of these things. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we commissioned her to do a design for us. And if you are a Patreon member, don't you don't have to do much. If you would like a sticker, it's been added to your tier value. And then um, we have a little shop going on T Public where you can buy any sorts of apparel you might like. So um, check that out. I think it's really. It's really nice. She's she's a cool. I don't know if you guys know this, but Yuki Nagasato is really cool. News breaking news. Breaking news. If you're just getting here, Yuki Nagasato is the coolest fucking player in NWSL, hands down. And uh, it was so dope to be able to cover her um, for three years here with the Red Stars. And um, like Claire said from the jump, um, Yuki Nagasato may play who forever she wants to play for. But BBB, Bruce Broken Band, belongs to Chicago. And so it's been dope to, to link up with her and um, watch her creativity through this process. We think you guys are really, really going to love what she created. Um, please let us know uh, in the comments what you, what you think of the artwork. And um, hit up TeePublic um, if you want to find other ways to support us. If you can't do that via the patron or otherwise. So thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, to cover that win. Like I said, fingers crossed, rainbows, and all good things. Um, peace.